1: Wherever you are, <laughs> welcome to another episode of Sheologians. We're here today to put the she in Celebratory. Celebratory. She-she-l-ab-ra- Celebratory. Because we're celebrating. Right. Because we have Rosaria Butterfield again. So that's what that's what I'm celebrating. <laughs> I feel like now I'm just making fun of people with lisps. That's not what I meant Except to do. I don't think she. Celebratory. I, uh, I don't
2: think the S. Celebratory. S- it's a C, but I don't think S H and C are interchangeable. this problem.
1: Oh, well. I don't know. It's not a problem for me way. either.
2: Sorry to anyone. Sorry.
1: <laughs> hey, Joy. Yes. Oh, uh, my name's Summer, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host Joy. And <laughs> Joy, I want you to know. That if I were gonna be getting up to some hijinks, I would pick you to get up to hijinks with. <laughs> oh.
2: That makes me very happy because I'm always up to that. You're
1: always down for
2: the hijinks. <laughs> I feel
1: like that's just what you do. Why do I want to
2: call them a herjink? her-jink. <laughs>
1: I feel like we're entering it's like, going too far really strange territory. Yeah more strange than usual for especially us especially
2: for yeah we haven't done this in a while we pre-recorded a bunch of stuff yeah because cause of the holidays the holidays so and i
1: just spent the entire holiday either throwing up or someone else in my family throwing up so it was really great no. yeah that stinks i know stomach flu food poisoning it went through the whole house merry christmas happy <laughs> new year loved it it was great <laughs> Oh, gosh. Well, you're
2: right. Yep. I am Joy. And I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Summer. And Summer, I'm so excited to record a podcast with you today and always. <laughs>
1: and every time. Yes. That we're we a podcast.
2: don't get to see each other as much. Nope. Nowadays. Nope. So I look forward to recording days. And then when you're here... I do ridiculous childlike things, like not go to the bathroom <laughs> or not want to get water. I'm too excited. <laughs> right. We're just like, just, I'm just, just going to stay here. I just, we have to be in the I'm same room, right? It. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. You I can't miss say, anything. No, I don't want to miss anything. <laughs> um, so it's my birth month. It is. I'm going to be really old this month. And do you have any, remember how I was like, we are not gonna talk about new year's resolutions because uh-huh. that's like expected and stuff yeah so let me tell you about my new year's resolutions okay. okay so here's my new year's resolutions
2: it was expected that we would talk about them so we said we weren't going to which means we <laughs> didn't expect it which means we like circumvented that right. cliche.
1: right do you have any new year's resolutions I do. you, you do first yeah oh cool okay well i don't i don't want to call them new year's resolutions because they're just things that i should do <laughs> Right. Like, they're not really like, I don't know. They're just things I'm like, that's I like that and right. I, I want to do that. The,
2: the beginning of the year is the time for all of us to just get our act together and do the things right. we should always do. So they can fall off in a month <laughs> or
1: something. No. Okay. So my t- my big two, I had a third and I've already forgotten it. But like the big the big one, and I've been thinking about this for a while, is like, okay, so I'm going to turn 29. Mm-hmm. in a couple weeks that's your new year <laughs> make it to 29 Make it.
2: that's like I'm my gonna, life goal I am gonna turn <laughs> a different age this year <laughs> try and stop me you cannot stop me
1: <laughs> no so I've been thinking about how like what a weird age this is like I'm feeling this is the first time I felt really weird About my age, because one of my my things that I want to be as a person is I want to be the kind of younger person who listens to the wiser, older people in my life. Right. Like, I want to be very conscious of that because I feel like the older I get, the more I realize how much I don't know it's like the older you get, you're just like, I don't know anything. Right. I have so much to learn.
2: Right. There's, I've hit so many things, even just in the past few weeks, where I'm like, I should have known this by now. Yeah.
1: Or like, I'll just, I, so I want to be like the younger person who like just accepts the wisdom of older people. Like, I want, I want that. Like, give me your wisdom. Or I want to be that like younger person where like I'm teachable, you know, mm-hmm. where like, I'm not like, you're old, so you don't know anything, you know, because that's annoying and wrong. Yes. But then at the same time, my other resolution is that I'm now at this weird age that I've never been at before where there's a good chance that I'm not the youngest lady in the room. Right. And that's weird. Yeah. And so like now I'm trying to step into this kind of like newer shoe where I might be the older person to someone else, right? Who can like be supportive?
2: <laughs> Joy's mic. Sorry, my microphone is at like an angle today. It and just it tried
1: keeps to keeps falling over. It looked like it was trying to dive it off of the table. It jumped. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so I'm like, I'm trying to not run away from it's it's strange to potentially be the older person like older and wiser person in a situation mm-hmm. and i think my temptation is to just like run away from that right like no 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 find someone older and wiser instead of like stepping up to like being that person for someone else yeah because i know you can be. right and i know like very godly women in their 30s who were like such a huge help to me when I was in my early twenties right. and it's like, well, I'm about to be that person in my thirties right. who could be very encouraging and helpful to that person in their younger twenties. And I need like, it's weird, <laughs> but like, I'm just trying to embrace it. I'm trying to embrace like, this is the first time I've been super self-conscious and felt weird about my age. Like, not like I don't like it or I'm like, right. I don't want to be 29 or something, but just becoming
2: like, aware of your age. It's that different.
1: Is. I'm no longer the youngest person in any given situation, which is what I've been used to essentially right. for a long time. Yeah. So <clears throat> that's, that's what I'm, those are the things I'm working on. And the other one was we got a pretty good critique in our inbox. Oh, did we? I don't know if you saw it. Um, and I should have pulled it up so I could at least thank the person or maybe they wouldn't want to be thanked. I don't know. Whatever. So and and I I love this because like we we ask for critique sometimes but like mostly the people that don't like us they don't like our really annoying voices and that's yeah you know or that we joke around and like that's fine if people feel that way but like there's nothing we're gonna do about that right <laughs> um but this critique that we got was essentially it was so thoughtful and I just think she was right um in a lot of ways she said that it's it, it sounds it annoyed her that sometimes when we talk about stuff we will kind of put in this like preamble of like if you think that's what we're saying like don't email us about it and I was like she had some thoughtful things to say about that and then I realized that we do do that like we'll totally be like well don't email us about this because that's not what we're saying and she's had like a thoughtful critique you should read it on like why we shouldn't say that and so I just wanted to think about it a little bit um, because I really appreciated like how she approached it and like that it was so thoughtful and then I realized like why I will do that sometimes like while why I'll be like don't talk to us about that or don't email us about that because that's not what we're saying or something and I think she was right and and mostly I think I do it because we're like we haven't been doing this that long and I don't think either of us expected to have like thousands of people listening to us every week right and it can make you like really self-conscious and it can be really frustrating when you're trying like so hard to say x and sometimes people hear y right like instead of x yeah and then like you get really self-conscious and you're just like but no I'm not saying why I'm saying x but like I guess like I can understand how it can sound like condescending. Right. You know what I mean? And so I just like appreciated how she approached that. And I guess like more than anything, like I want to step away from that and just say what we're going to say because we believe that it's biblical and we believe that it's the right thing to say. And then I don't know, like let the chips fall where they may, I guess. Yeah. Like instead of apologizing for or (laughs) getting defensive before anybody's gotten mad. (laughs) Uh I guess like just stepping away from that and just being a little bit more confident, I guess, in what I'm gonna say. And uh maybe instead of feeling like I need to give a preamble, I can just like be really confident in what I'm saying and let whatever happens happen. Cool. That's my
2: those are my resolutions. Sweet. Yeah. What are yours? Um I wanna hike more. Ooh, I like that. I need to get to know more people at church. Oh, me too. Mhm. And there's some content that I'd like to start making around okay. here. Okay. So, that's one of my I'm not going to say anything cuz I don't. Right. It's not for it's me not it's time not, yet. It's not on a timeline. Yeah, yeah. And I I'm willing it's something that I'm willing to wait for right until the appropriate resources are available.
1: But you have like a creative goal. Mhm. I like that. I Do. That's like a good thing to have. I like it. Uh, Speaking of content, let's just tell them real quick that... um, I just want to say thank you because we have had some people uh, sign up through the website to support us, which is awesome. We've been on Patreon since we started. And, um, you know, I don't really like a sales pitch, and I don't like giving you guys sales pitches. (laughs) I don't like it. But this isn't really a sales pitch because... Um, we, we get emails and we get messages all the time from people who are like, Hey, thank you so much for what you guys are doing. Like your content on this, like I has changed my life. You helped me with this. It's a lot of times it's college kids. It's women at college, Mm -hmm. especially who are facing a lot of the cultural issues that we talk about. And I just want you guys to know that if you've signed up on Patreon and you're partnering with us every month or you've signed up on the website and you're partnering with us every month, like you were a part of that. (laughs) Like you are the only reason that we can get emails from people that say like, you've changed my life. Here's how you help me. Here's, you know what I mean? Um, But we still need you guys. Like we, like I said, I hate a sales pitch, but like please partner with us. Like if you're looking for a ministry to support in the new year, um, head over to patreon.com slash sheologians or just go to sheologians.com. Um, we do have a goal we have to reach. We do have costs involved in this and we totally believe in what we're doing. And yeah, I guess I'm just asking you guys to help us (laughs) like partner with us. Like, like I said, when I get those emails from people, when we get those messages from people, um, I it's hard, I can't forget that it's really because of the people who partner with us that we can do what we're doing. Um, so, yeah, just go to – I would prefer, by the way, that you go to sheologians.com yeah. and hit the giant donate button.
2: Yeah, we, that was one of our <laughs> – when we were doing the new website, that was one of our things we really wanted was to have some sort of giving available – right on the website so yeah. that people who don't have to go through Patreon yeah if they don't want to yeah um but yeah
1: we love our Patreon supporters don't get me wrong yeah um yes. don't, don't it's it's all essentially the same but we just wanted to give people more options cuz y'all were asking
2: for it mm-hmm. so anyway yeah keep the mics on keep our mics on because you know what summer and i will keep doing this um <laughs> We just won't be able to record it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Okay, so really cool story. The reason why y'all are here today is that we were able to somehow convince the wonderful Rosaria Butterfield to join us again today. And uh, if you missed our first time that we had her on the show, check out the iTunes feed or go to sheologians.com. Uh, I know a lot of people... I think that might have been our most popular episode, actually. Was yeah. the one... Or the most downloaded, anyway. That's a... Uh, She's so wonderful. The favorite. You guys are about to find out why if you didn't hear the last episode.
2: I have people... I have people say... Yeah. It's like, oh, Sheila Legends. I loved that episode with yes. Rosaria. Like, yes. It's She's huge. so
1: great. She's so encouraging. And so one of the big things... Um if you've been following us for the last couple of months, um, I think one of the biggest things facing all of us today is the issue of identity, uh, whether we realize it or not. And when I was thinking through, I kind of wanted to kick off the year talking about identity. And so I was thinking through, well, who would be the best person to really talk to about right. uh, identity, how it's facing our culture today and that stuff. And obviously... Rosaria was the one. yeah <laughs> like, she's just the one for this yeah. discussion. Um, she released a book last year called Openness Unhindered that was amazing. Read it. Every page just blows you away. It's just like her writing just like drips with the gospel. Like it's so great. Um, and then her first book was Secret Thoughts of an Unlikely Convert. Which I've read multiple times. My dad bought it for me years ago. He read it and he was like, You have to, you have to read. It was like required reading. If you want to keep being my daughter. Yeah. If you want to live in this house, you must read this book. I mean, I wouldn't even judge him. It's that great of a book. He was right. He was totally right. Dad. If you're listening to this. You were always right. Okay, so Rosaria, we are so excited to have you back again. Thank you so, so much for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me back. Absolutely. So, um, okay, we, Joy and I, the issues of identity are really, I think, just laying on both of us, and I think they're laying on especially our generation right now and with what's going on culturally, and so I wanted to have you on because... In particular, I have really loved um, a lot of the things that you've said in some of your articles. Um, I love the fact that after the Nashville statement, just a lot of things have been kicked up and they're being discussed and they're really difficult topics. And so one of the things I'm really interested and I really want to hear your response to um, is on the topic of identity, Uh, you have made the statement that creation is an identity issue. Mm-hmm. And right. so a lot of what I feel like a lot of what our culture tells us identity is, is really what it is not.
0: So yes, right. they,
1: they take your identity away. They'll say, so the unborn child is not a person. Right. Um, or, you know, you are not this. You are not this. And I, right. I think I could be wrong, but my feeling is that we need to be in response to this talking about not what we are not, but what we actually are. Exactly. And so I was hoping you could expound upon what you meant uh, when you said that creation is an identity issue.
0: Yes, yes. Well, uh, first of all, that was a response to the current climate of sexual identity as defining of your core humanity. So when I said that, uh, that identity is a creation issue. What I was trying to say is that sexual ethics is not just a gospel issue; it's it's an every human being issue, and it's found in Genesis one twenty seven that we are born male and female in the image of God. Right. And it's a you know it's a it's a simple statement, but it 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 tells us that the dignity of humanity is is it's sure and it is present in every single human being on earth right. and in the womb yes and and that it is our task of course of course that image is marred it is our task to grow in knowledge and righteousness, and holiness. And we do that through the power of the Holy Spirit, the the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, the election of God the Father, and the means of grace through which we walk this earth. This earth is not our home. Right. And so... Identity, like everything else, identity is connected. <laughs> identity is sort of like a seed pod. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, it has those tendrils, uh, you know, millions of little tendrils connecting to all kinds of other things. But its core is essentially owned by the God who made all of us. Right. And, and this becomes a real challenge, especially in a day when the category of sexual orientation as a ontological category of personhood is on a collision course with the gospel. Yes. And, and you know, that's that might sound, I don't know, it might sound overly academic or it just might sound like I've had too much coffee today. Um, <laughs> you know, both of those accusations are probably true about me. But, <laughs> uh, but you know, we just we're, we're we're in an important an important season right now, in in um in the Christian faith and in the the the, the um the the basics of the Christian faith. After the Obergefell decision that um, legalized same sex marriage, it that was one of the things it did. But that wasn't really, in my opinion, that wasn't really the biggie. You know, the biggie mm-hmm. was that. Um, by by um, by putting sexual orientation in, into the 14th Amendment, um, it, it codified the idea that race and sexual orientation are good analogies. They're not good analogies. They're bad analogies. Right. Um, but by codifying it in that way, it made it a legal precedent that there is such a thing as a gay or lesbian person. Right. And again now I'm I'm speaking somewhat philosophically but I think I think it's important to hang on hang on for a little bit for a little bit on this. Um there is a difference between saying gay is who I am and saying gay is how I am. Okay. Within the parameters of 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 the humanity set forth by scripture and God himself gay can never be who i am although it very well may be how i am um and so understanding those uh, that this this conversation isn't just a philosophical conversation it isn't just a theological conversation it's the conversation that christians must be equipped to um to gently and winsomely and lovingly explain to a watching world yeah because we live now in a world where sexual orientation is considered to be um, definitive, ontological, inherent, fixed, and true, but sexual difference is considered to be a matter of personal feelings. right. And so you see this kind of complete flipping of 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 reality, right? And Christians must be uh, able, to handle this sensitive subject, and the reason is because people we love are literally falling through the crevices of these arguments, and it's hurting them, um, and it's and it's hurting and it's hurting the gospel as well. It's hurting the cause of the gospel.
1: Right, right. So you said earlier that um, using these as identifiers makes is a bad analogy. Does that mean yeah. that you would have an objection to someone who says, who who essentially puts a label in front of Christian? So I am a blank Christian. Right, right, right. Uh, you know, and it could be anything. Obviously,
0: right. sexuality is the big one. Sure, um, sure. Well, I would say in general, sectarianism is a problem, right? And I think, I think Paul speaks against sectarianism in general too. Um, so I think that, we want to use those labels carefully, but not all words weigh the same in culture. So um, from a, from, um, some words are, are what's called, they're called keywords to those of us who study cultural studies. And a keyword is a word that has at some point taken up a role in a revolution of ideas. And so there's a big difference between saying I'm a reformed Christian, which um, tells you something about how I worship and identifies something about my, you know, my position on the sovereignty of God, and saying I'm a gay Christian. And the reason is because um, the word gay has taken up its role in um, in sexual revolution in a way that is completely. And totally antithetical to Christianity.
1: Well, but see, and how is that? Because Mm -hmm.
0: essentially, uh, so reformed. Right, right. Right. And and, and I would say, too, that in general, I would avoid, to the degree that we can avoid sectarian language, that would be a good idea. So I'm not, I am not suggesting that, um, you know, especially under the, under the large umbrella of orthodox biblical Christianity that we divide ourselves on sectarian lines. But I do think it's important to know that orthodox biblical Christianity is a different religion from the one that gay Christianity offers. Um, it's different in its understanding of human origins and endings. It's different in its understanding of biblical authority. It's different in its understanding of the centrality of the cross. It's certainly different in terms of its understanding of sexual ethics, different in terms of means of grace, different in how one is justified before a holy God. And uh, those are big differences. Right, right. And those are are big enough differences that we would want to say, pick one. Uh, You know, pick one, pick gay or pick Christian, but don't try to combine them. And although I know this is a sensitive topic, I would say the same is true, whether you are affirming or not affirming. What do you mean and by the, that? And I'll, do you want me to explain that? Yes, no. yes, please. Yeah, and so the the reason is because the principle is the same. If you actually believe that there is um, that 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 unchosen homosexual desires are. Morally neutral. And if you genuinely believe that um, they are um, a kind of inherent, fixed, um, you know, just a normal vestige of of everyday life, then what you what you can't also hold at the same time in your head is the idea, that the fall made everything marred and broken, including our sexual desires. And from a Christian perspective, being able to situate both the fall of Adam and the redemption that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ, being able to connect those two things in every aspect of identity is crucial. A Christian person... Must deal daily with the original sin that's distorted us, the actual sin that has distracted us and enlisted others to sin, and the indwelling sin that manipulates us. So so understanding from a biblical perspective what unchosen homosexual desires are is really important. Um, in my own life, they have they have been, um, both uh, uh, an imprint of Adam on my life, just a um a consequence of the fall that i that I have embodied, but they've also been an an indwelling sin. but I'll tell you what they've never been. They've never been neutral mm. and so i'm I think it's important that that Christians not um segregate their Christian life. And I think often we do that. We don't mean to, and it's not something, I don't, I don't mean that it's a, uh, you know, I don't I don't, I don't think we do it intentionally, but sometimes we, you know, we may maybe we talk one way with our unbelieving friends and another way with our Christian friends, or even we might think one way in church and another way on Facebook. And I think we've gotten so used to that. We've gotten so used to um, these kind of, segregations of our Christian life that at the very moment when we desperately need an integrated Christian life we don't know how to do it right and the, and the reason why this is important is that Jesus Christ fights our battles from the front of the line including the battle we might have with unchosen homosexual desires Jesus Christ fights our battles for us when we commit our lives to him we don't do it in a segregated way but it is absolutely true that if you can't hate your sin, you can't fight it in a real way. Right, and and that's where the doctrine of union with Christ comes in because it's key. It's key. This is crucial that you hate your sin, but not hate yourself. Right, right, and that's and so that's that, hard to do. Yeah, I mean, it's crucial. It just it it's, it's you know because otherwise we are. Um, you know, it is. It, our life is despondent and hopeless. Right. But because we have union with Christ and because our present and our past and our future is secure and because we will go from, from dust to glory. We don't go from dust to dust. We go from dust to glory because of all of those things. We can fight our sin and we can hate our sin without hating ourselves because we have we have been resurrected with the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. Uh, And with that, with that comes the power, as First Thessalonians puts it, to turn to God from idols. Sexual identity is an idol idol. It's, it's an idol of modern life. It was not until the 19th century that any person even would utter such a thing like, I am a sexual being. That, it was just, it, it, you know, that was not at all part of even the cultural understanding, least of all the Christian understanding. Right. But we need to be very wary of, and I would say we need to reject those, um, self appointed speakers, um, who call themselves Christians, but are more interested in preaching the world to the church rather than the church to the world.
1: Right. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. That's dangerous. That can be dangerous territory. And and it's, and
0: it's, it's pervasive,
2: right? Do you, and do you think that um so I like what you said there about hating your sin but not hating yourself. So yeah. do you also think that maybe the church is a little more focused on like we f- the congregation finds ourselves hating ourselves more and so the church ends up speaking to that. So that's, that's why we come up possible. with like we come up with ways to not hate ourselves which is that right. I can't choose this so right. I have to be okay with right that.
0: yeah right absolutely and I also think it's it's because many arms of the evangelical church have really totally and um and in a very abusive way handled the subject and the reality of homosexuality, declaring it a choice and declaring it um a proof of being a reprobate, right? If you, you know, and, it, and I think that that is, you know, first of all, just theologically speaking, you can't be a reprobate unless you're dead. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. <laughs> so those of us who are walking around with this are, are not reprobates yet because we're not dead. Right. But, but everybody struggles with something right. and everybody struggles with some indwelling sin. And and if you're not, then you're, you're really clueless. And so there are faithful, loving, Christ-loving brothers and sisters who are literally dying in our churches because the world is is saying, you know, just be yourself. You know, just do this. You want this. This is good. And the church is often, you know, speaking about those who struggle as though we we are ourselves proof of the problem. When, you know, struggling against sin in the right way is proof that Christ is in you, right? So I, I think that I mean I can understand the the challenges, and I, and I would also say that the conversation that I'm having with you all today, I'm having with fellow sisters in the Lord. Um, this is hard stuff, yeah. and
2: yeah.
0: you know we don't we don't start. This is not the first conversation that you have with your neighbor who identifies as a lesbian that's that's absurd right. and that would be cruel and it would be it, it would be just unseemly but but you know what we want to do as christians is work on building our relationships genuinely so with with our all of our unbelieving friends and neighbors so that our relationships are as strong as the words that we may need to speak someday right uh, too often we're busy sharpening the sword of our, of our words when that doesn't often really need to be sharpened as much as the intensity of our relationships does. Right.
2: Right. There are things that, um, mm-hmm. we, as Christians, you think that you need to have like a statement to respond to certain things with. Right. It's prepared. I'm ready to go. Right, But there are, there are, oh there are struggles that that would apply to. And then yeah. there are struggles that are very deep, have been dealt with for a long period of time, or sort of um, have more consequences and do more damage. And uh, this yes. is one of those things that you can't just prepare a statement and then the person's going to walk away and it's like but- this fix. It just fixes everything and it's fine. <laughs> and it's absurd
0: and it shows, it shows a real lack of, of gospel literacy, right. um, gospel fluency, and gospel literacy means being able to proclaim the gospel right where it hurts. You know, Jesus comes with comfort. Right. He says his yoke is easy, his burden is light. And and so you know we are to we are to be the bringers of comfort and the gospel brings comfort. Yes, it calls you to give up your life, but it 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 first gives you the comfort of Jesus Christ to do that, and and along with the comfort of Jesus Christ, the family of God right. that surrounds you. And so I think Christians need to be willing. To, to see this as a long conversation to de, to develop long friendships um, in consistent and genuinely helpful ways um, right. and and to share enough of the gospel that is edifying you know i my when i came to faith i, I didn't you know i didn't come to faith in a minute i came to faith over a two-year struggle right and right. the the christians that surrounded me during that time they knew who i was they loved me they they loved me before they rebuked me i don't know what to say you know they yeah. i don't remember that they did rebuke me i remember that the holy spirit did i remember feeling literally cornered yeah. by grace right um, And Ephesians 4.29, making sure that the speech that you have imparts grace to the hearer. Well, that means that you say what the hearer, that which the hearer needs to draw closer to Christ. Right, Right. But I would say a great problem within the church. So, I mean, I tend to, my own words are much stronger within the church in some ways than without on some of these matters. But I would... I would say this, that a, 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 big, a big problem is that we don't understand the depths of sin and the depths of grace. Yeah. And because of that, we don't understand that it's not enough to repent from sinful actions. We also need to repent from sinful beliefs. Right, right. And that's where my, you know, that's where my complete and utter rejection of gay Christianity comes from it's not that i don't understand how people who identify as gay christians feel well of course i get that part yeah right but it is a sinful belief to assert that sexual identity is um morally neutral original ontological or essential Right. And, and, and I would say, although differently, you know, in a different way, I mean, I would, I, it's important to understand that I'm speaking, when I talk about sexual orientation identity, I'm not just talking, this is not like just a big clunky way of saying gay Christian or homosexuality. Um, in a very provocative essay up at First Things, Michael Hannon said something, and it was like, he said something like this, um, if homosexuality binds us to sin, Heterosexuality blinds us to sin. Very provocative, very important idea. He's not not dismissing or denying the male-female binarism upon which sexual difference and sexual ethics and biblical sexuality rests. He is denying the um, sexual orientation identity system, which has... um, like all inventions and category mistakes, really, it has clear blind spots, and in this case, there's there are some real clear blind spots that you find among people who would identify very comfortably um, as heterosexual. And one might be uh, pornography and adultery. Right. Right. So. Um, again, if this seems academic, what I would just want to warn people is that um, today, your average second grader uh, in a public school system can can give you the current catechism on gender identity. Right. Um, 20 years ago, that was considered academic knowledge found in books written by Judith Butler. Right, right. Okay. So if this is, if this is academic, then I would say hone up on it now. Don't be afraid of it because um, if if for nothing else, our children will need us to be able to stay current on this. Right. Well, and it's becoming more and more for our children, for sure,
1: this will be (laughs) the world that they grew up in. It will not be something that's hidden away. This is taken for granted is true. Your sexuality is part of your identity. Your skin color is part of your identity. Your income, your job, all of these other things are a part of your identity in such a degree that, you know, the the group think that goes on is just incredible. And I'm sure you've seen uh, Emily Thome's, her video um, that Anchored North did and how it hit, you know, Huffington Post and all these large outlets. And so essentially, uh, and this leads me to my next question is that, so in her video, she presented the gospel And she was Mm -hmm. very clear, she said in in the video, that it's not gay to straight, Mm -hmm. it's lost to saved. That's right. And so what was so interesting to me is that the world is reporting her video as um, she's promoting the idea that you can pray the gay
0: away and that, yeah. and she's promoting. Yeah. 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 Uh, That's ridiculous. And and it's a perfect classic example that if you can't give a good argument, you're just what, you know, what you can do is just malign the person right. who did. Right. Right. That right. is, I know that was a very good video. She's a, she's solid and yes. godly. And uh, you know, and my, My heart says the same thing. I tell people I was not converted out of homosexuality. I was converted out of unbelief. Right, right. But converted I was. Right. And I live as a new creature in Christ. Right. Which means I don't go digging around in the grave to find, you know, like almost like, like, um, you know, like in Frankenstein and Mary Shelley's wonderful novel, um, the 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 scientist who has to dig around in the grave to find body parts and right. then assemble them together and a, a very important symbol in that in that book is that the 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 doctor cannot find enough skin to cover the parts and so this this creature is not only soulless but all of his insides are always spilling out right and somehow. Somehow gay Christianity has taken it upon themselves to think that that is a picture of beauty, right? No, Christ is a picture of beauty, right? Stand in the risen Christ alone. And, and Emily's uh, video made that very, very clear. Yes. yes it, it shows did. you that the world does hate the gospel. And you know what? I hated the gospel once too. Right. Right. So Get this. I remember when the name of Jesus made me seethe. Right. I remember that. So God can conquer the hearts of people. But this is where the heresy of, the, of those who claim to be Christians needs to be exposed. These are the days when you just long for unbelievers to act like unbelievers, yes. but believers to know where they stand.
1: Yes. Yes. Well, okay, and so I have a question for you that I spent five hours on a drive this morning <laughs> trying to
0: figure and I'm out. I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I. It's just I'm this question. You'll have to excuse me stumbling over it because I'm not sure that I, I really have it, even straight in my head. Um, and and so maybe Joy can help me through it. But essentially, my question is because this is something I've been thinking about for a while. Is so for a long time the church has fallen off into one ditch of making it seem or appear to the world that we do believe that it is gay to straight. So it's not that, you know, that difference Emily made in her video of lost to save, the world thinks that our message is if you're a Christian, it's gay to straight first and foremost, right? Mm, And so we've fallen off into that ditch.
0: For a long time. And well, now I, can I add something though. Yes, yes. Some some parts of the visible church, but more more truly the parachurch has fallen into that ditch. Yes. Yes. I totally okay. yeah. yes. I tell you that none of the churches I've ever worshipped in ever, ever, ever endorsed reparative therapy for a minute. Right. right. No, no, no Christian I know would say, Yes, psychology is the answer to your sin problem. Amen. Amen. Okay, so, Yes. So I would say that that is it is not so much the church as it is the parachurch, but the watching world has collapsed the two. Yes, and so
1: I feel as if we're in a place now, and this is again just, you know, like you said, it's not something I've experienced in a church that I have attended, but it seems mm-hmm. in the parachurch, you nailed it, it seems as if we're trying to overcorrect into the other ditch. Yeah. Uh, where... Yeah. It now it's 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 lost to saved and you, you can still be gay or you can still mm-hmm. identify as these things and be a Christian and we're and so my question is when we we would say that we are defined by our creator and a life that pursues holiness is the most joyful and fulfilled life of all. So if mm-hmm. we seek to live with right affections in light of who God is mm-hmm. and honor him, mm-hmm. th- that is, well, I mean, it's the goal of the Christian life, pursuing holiness and, and all of those things. So my question is, how do we not fall into either ditch or fall into heresy, right. but encourage right. those who struggle with same-sex attraction? Um, I feel like our message well don't worry about marriage because it's it's not about being straight. Well that's true. And it's mm-hmm. also true that not every person is called to be married. But mm-hmm. my fear is in our in our message and our attempt to overcorrect, are we afraid to encourage believers who have come out of identifying as gay? Are we afraid to encourage them towards marriage and is that is that, is that, I mean, is that ultimately going to hurt yeah. them?
0: Yeah. But you had five hours. Okay. You, you, you have like, <laughs> <laughs> you, like, this is like, this is like the, the, the you know, the crock pot question, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: There's so many okay. things. And I'm
0: take, sorry, uh, go can ahead. Can I take some of those? And I might not answer all of it. Okay. Um, but, I'll, but I'll do my best. Okay. First of all, I think we have swung in. You know you know, we are seeing the, the parachurch swinging the pendulum and the church not knowing what to do with it, but it isn't just the parachurch this time. It's also the law. And it, and it puts Christians in a funny place, an important place. Christians have to ask themselves the question, just because it's legal, does that mean it's biblically ethical? Right. So that has been a big question for the church, especially around same-sex marriage and religious liberty issues. Also, with the SOGI laws, um, sexual orientation, gender identity laws that are moving through the country, they they tend to include a clause that is it's this is the, the clause is called this dignitary harm. And that right. means that it's it's not just that you might deny a person who identifies as gay, um, the, you know, a a wedding cake, but by, by, by asserting your religious liberty, you are hurting their dignity. And this is a new category, you know, legally speaking, because usually, um, a transgression on, on harm has always been, you know, you, you stole my dog, you ran over my, my cat, you—you know—I right, mean, you, know, right. you ran into my tree. I mean, you know, but now it's now it's quite wrapped in a kind of feeling, you know, that my dignity yes. has been harmed, and so so the church mm-hmm. genuinely does have to wrestle with these questions. These are not easy things, but you know, having having said that, I, I do think that also the problem is that words are not enough. It, it's really not enough to say you're better off um you're better off with Jesus than your lover it's right. true right but it doesn't feel true right unless the fam- it doesn't feel true unless the family of God includes you just as you are as family and so i would say that for people struggling with same-sex attraction. Um, I I certainly do not think that struggling against same-sex attraction would prohibit uh, a godly and flourishing and happy biblical marriage. But I don't believe that everybody is called to marriage. Right. And I don't think that the you know, the church is, you know, has the church has often seen marriage as its, you know, its ticket out of loneliness. Yeah. First of all, that's not true. And secondly, for some people, that leaves you really high and dry. Right. Yeah. So, so I would say, and I, you know, I feel really passionate about this because I just wrote a book on this subject. I would say that our homes have to become hospitals and incubators where the family of God gathers daily and where single people have a belonging, as the aunts and the uncles, the sisters and the brothers, um, and 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 it's such a such a deep belonging that they might move in with you during real seasons of loneliness. That it, it's not enough just to say you have all of these spiritual goods. You do, but but. You know, the gospel does promise you that you will have a family here on earth. You have many, the Psalms talk about um, God putting the lonely in families. Jesus talks about um, um, how, how vital it is in Mark 10 um, to, to be, live daily as part of the family of God. And, and I would say that the gospel... Has got to come with a house key, or it's not really the whole gospel, right? And and I think this is going to be hard for people. I mean, I don't imagine that people are going to say, "Oh, yes, sounds wonderful. I can't wait to double my my uh, food budget and, um, <laughs> you know, and yeah. deal, with, you know, the wear and tear on my home and um, spend hours a day chopping vegetables." And you know, who wants to do that? Well, right. I, I, I think that we're in a place where the world actually seeing that Christians live different differently and that that Christians include others to live differently with them, that's a beautiful picture. Right, right. But the church has to think about what chronic loneliness does to a person and not just simply give... Spiritual platitudes as a response, right? Right. You have to actually and if it does that, that, then we're in a place to have a real conversation about this. But until it does this, we still are not really living out the gospel in the way that we ought to, right? And that's a problem, right?
1: Yeah. And hospitality is hard uh if you haven't grown up in a hospitality culture or had it yeah. modeled for you and yeah. i think a lot of us really haven't mm-hmm. and and part of it is the way we live you know some mm-hmm. of us we attend churches with people who live 45 minutes away right and right. we're not in the same neighborhood and right. no one's dropping by and so we have all kinds right. of of challenges that include having to yeah. be beyond oh. intentional right. Um, right right absolutely and so, yeah, it is, it, that is important. And I love that part of your answer to my question about um, how do we help people who identify as gay was, you know, with a house key, with your home, with your chopping vegetables, right. because this isn't, it's not glamorous. Your answer wasn't glamorous and it wasn't, no. it's not cut and dry and it's not a quick no. fix. There's no cure all. No. The,
2: the real question isn't, well, so I can never get married. Right. The real question is, so I have to be alone? I can never be in love? I can never experience the joy of physical intimacy? Like, that's the real mm-hmm. question. Right. So you and, can't-
0: the, and, and those are real questions. Yeah. And yeah. those real questions come, depending on what the answer is to those real questions, they come with real grief. Right. Mm, and
2: yeah.
0: the, only, the only place to deal responsibly with grief is relationally. Right. Which means that we have to, in a very rhythm of life way, be in each other's lives. Right. You can't set up an appointment to grieve. Right. right. It yeah. washes. Yeah. Yeah. But, and that is true not just for the the loneliness that might that comes from, um, you know, foreseeing a a future without a spouse, but it also comes from the loneliness of. Waking up to your sin and realizing that that abortion you had when you were eighteen really meant something more than you ever thought it would, or losing a child to an illness that you you know you just didn't anticipate right. uh, or any of the other things that we may face right. together in the coming years, right?
1: so my last question for you unless joy has one is simply um so let's say i i am your sister in christ and i'm struggling with same-sex attraction and i i have come to you Mm -hmm. um and i want to know who who i am who am i Mm -hmm. what would you say to that person who's hurting in that way
0: right absolutely well first of all we are all people of the word. And so we are always proclaiming one to another that we are standing in the risen Christ alone. And also, <coughs> excuse me, we also need to know that we all minister out of our weakness. So the idea that somehow you got to be all cleaned up to be of any good to God is just not true. It is just not true. And finally, we need to know that repentance itself is a fruit of the Christian life. And so any Christian who is not um, um, dealing with sin, repenting of sin, is not growing in sanctification. So who you are is who I am, and who we are is to be imitators of Christ, and we are to grow to be like Christ. But I'll tell you, maybe more importantly, is who you are not. You are not a monster. You are not dangerous to me or my children. Uh, You are not unwelcome here. You are welcome. You are loved. You are a sister in the Lord. You you stand in robes of righteousness. Mm -hmm. And as we grow in sanctification, we, we... um, loosen our grip on those worldly categories um, that the Bible calls sin and the world calls grace. Mm-hmm. And since it's all in turmoil in our heart, it confuses us. Mm-hmm. But a mature Christian is a Christian who grows in sanctification, which means a mature Christian does not hang on to these labels of description of sinful desires as identity that's not what mature christians do because we don't have to we get to cling to something better Mm -hmm. and that's the resurrected christ Mm -hmm. but we're going to walk this together that's not just you know that's not pie in the sky that's not that's not christianity in la la land Mm
2: mm-hmm
0: it means we're chopping vegetables together every day. it means we're it means we're in this every day, yeah, and I think that's the part that that Christians need to understand that loneliness is an everyday thing, grief is an everyday thing, and therefore Christian hospitality really needs to be an everyday thing, right, right. In whatever way you can. I mean, you know, it, it's not, it doesn't look the same for everybody. You're a mother of sure. small children. You're, it's going to look different. It just, it will all, it will, it will, it will be you being you, but opening your arms a little wider than you thought you were supposed to.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. I'm a terrible cook, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if but I should Somebody else in your world probably isn't. So that's great. Well, yeah. Her name's Joy. She's right here. <laughs> She's the best, best cook I've ever met. So. okay rosaria seriously this episode was like so encouraging yeah i'm having
2: like a you can't you're not in the same room as us but i'm having like a seriously emotional reaction to everything you said and that's not common for me it's really not
1: (laughs) not common for joy at all but you know what i love and this is something i want to get better at and it's something that um i get every time I've gotten to talk to you or read what you're writing is that I do feel like as Christians, we we do want to have that, that answer that Joy was talking about this kind of like premeditated answer that is, is scripted and it's, you know, really smart apologetically and we've just got it. But when we ask you questions, um, your response is so gospel oriented in a way that's not just going to, punch you in the face apologetically but it's really going to hit at the the root and the heart and that's something that I want to get better at and I'm really glad you're writing and you're doing that and modeling that because I really feel like we really I mean we all need to be able to answer in that way that really cuts to the root of the issue
2: because when you well so I've I've thought about this quite a bit and I think that if you if your answer to someone's grief is that you're just going to say something to make them stop grieving. That's for you. Yeah. You don't want to deal with this grieving person.
0: Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. And it's so dismissive. Right. And it feels, it it really feels, um, you know, dismissive too.
1: Where do you start with hospitality? How do you start that? Like you have a thing in your home, in your neighborhood, but you've been working on it for a while, but where did you
0: start? Right. You know, I actually I sent you the, the book, right? Oh yeah, I'm halfway through. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, we we start by saying yes instead of no, and we, and when it's totally inconvenient. Okay. I know that sounds really like it's just very it's it's very counterintuitive, um. But the but specifically what we did is we started by making some days almost like clear open house days, if that makes sense. Okay. And we also start by inviting everybody. So I'll put on, we have a, a, an app that we use in our neighborhood. It's called Nextdoor. Mm-hmm. And we have about um, anywhere between 300 and 500 homes in our neighborhood. And we will invite everybody to do something. We've never gotten 500 people to come. In. <laughs> it's, it's called the 10% rule. Um, but, but here's what we do get. We get people who are so thankful to be invited. Like just to be invited to anything, <laughs> you yeah. know? and and the reason they're invited is because they're neighbors, right? And and the reason that matters is because we're Christians and God tells us to love our neighbors, right? Even the even the even the ones that are difficult because God never gets the address wrong, <laughs> right? Right. So you know, so I would just say start start somewhere now. Now I have my, I have a friend who um um for her it works better to just really look out for the underdog. So we have a, a woman in our neighborhood who kind of obviously struggles with a mental illness and she has simply decided, my friend Kristen has decided that she is her person. She's her go-to person. Mm-hmm. And what that meant is when she was um traveling in South America over Thanksgiving, she said, "Listen, I'm going to be away you have to take care of, you know, Jill. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so we invite, you know, so we, oh, okay, you know, and, you know, so I think, you know, to figure out what works best for you, um, but do something, you know, it it almost doesn't matter, but do something. But I would say, in terms of the church, if we would focus more on relationships and less on programs, Mm -hmm. we'd have more time to do this. Right. See, you know, you know what hospitality takes is time that's not already scheduled. Right,
1: right, absolutely. And I think
0: that might really speak to the heart of the idolatry of of American Christians.
1: I could just keep going. We could keep going. It's so true. <laughs> uh, okay, so just do something, Summer. Got it. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going to find it, and I'm going to make time, and I'm going to do it.
0: <laughs> you know, I'm happy to to like talk with you more about specifically what your situation is, though, right? Because you know, there are seasons when we didn't do this. When we right. ad- adopted a teenager who was putting holes in our walls, we weren't, you know, right, right. Invited, you know, that's just how it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have your number, so <laughs> you <do. laughs> exactly. And it's so funny you had mentioned Emily because she just texted me and said, hey, we need to talk about something. Can you call me?
1: So <laughs> yes, yes. I, I have been talking to her the last couple of days. And and she goes, oh, I, I have such mom brain already because she had forgotten. I had told her I was talking to you today. So anyway, it's a small world. And yeah. I love you both. And seriously, thank you so much for... Oh all of this, I think it's just going to, it was so encouraging to me. Joy got emotional. I mean,
0: oh, wow.
1: You know, things, things happen when you come on our show. Seriously, (laughs) Yeah.
0: Joy, Joy, I'm like you, I don't actually cry. I'm more, I'm more tempted to swear than cry. Right. So when I do, it's either hormonal or just really good. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yep. So I totally understand.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, sister, we're going to let you go. I'm really looking forward to people getting to read your book. I'm enjoying it immensely because, um, you know, hospitality is not something I is that it's natural to me. And so yeah. it's just very yeah. convicting. And I, I've wanted to figure out how to do this for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. especially as someone who doesn't have natural
0: cooking skills. <laughs> sure. Sure. Well, I, my hope is that that book really is encouraging because, you know, Kent and I were the only believers in our families when we got married. And we did not come from homes where there is hospitality practice because it wasn't safe. I mean, we just, you know, it right. we, It just wasn't. I mean, and I think we have to realize that that's what, what goes on in most American homes is not safe. Right. Right. So. So it, you know.
1: Well, it is very encouraging. Um, so that's it, what it's meant to do. You, you succeeded there. And you're
0: supposed to laugh too. Did, yes. you laugh? Yes, I've laughed. Yeah. Yes. Good.
1: <laughs> very good. That's important too. Yes.
0: All right, sisters. All right, I love you
1: both. Love you. And thank go give you. give Emily a call. See how she's holding up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Tell her we said hey.
2: I will. All right. Thank you. Right. Bye. bye. Lord bless. Bye bye. Bye bye. Well, I know what my new New Year's resolution is. Oh,
1: what's your new New Year's new new? What's your new new?
2: Um, (laughs) Um, those are now officially amendments to New Year's resolutions. They're Uh called new news. Um,
1: (laughs) Welcome to our where we correct ourselves. Here we are. Um,
2: I my New Year's my new New Year's resolution. It's your new new. My new new. Go with it. Just embrace it. Um, is uh, to be Rosario?
1: <laughs> How can I be Rosario right.
2: Butterfield? Just
1: remember when I was talking about her. older and wiser in the faith, of right. listening to them. Yeah, yeah, I was right.
2: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: How humble of me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, you guys, I hope that that blessed you, like it blessed us. Seriously, we have some emotions to recover
2: from. Right.
1: I learned a lot. Um, Her book that's coming out this spring, it's really good. I know I'm only partway through it. But But you're willing
2: to just make that declaration I'm willing to tell you
1: guys already. Yeah. You're going to want to read this
2: book. In the words of James White, you have to read this book. You have to
1: read this book.
2: (laughs) I mean, I don't think we can afford to send you all a copy, but... No. Have your dad buy you a copy. Yeah.
1: Tell your dad that you need this book. (laughs)
2: Coming out soon by Rosario Butterfield.
1: <laughs> 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 All right, guys. Do not forget, if you love us, to go to Um And yeah, I guess uh, we'll see you guys next week.
2: See
0: ya.